Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. They don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player for another ceremony. Like, no, no. Like Now, to your hosts. All right, it's a big day here in Red Sox Nation. Of course, pitchers and catchers are reported. Uh, first full workouts are tomorrow on the 14th as on Valentine's Day as we record this show today on the 13th. Uh, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Uh, iTunes, if you rate, review, subscribe to us, of course, we'd love that as well. No Lauren today, which is very unfortunate, Jess. Um, and, of course, Jess is here with me today um, because this is like her national holiday. <laughs> and, unfortunately, she couldn't be here because we are recording in the afternoon because we were supposed to have a snowstorm today. So we're not at work. And, well, uh, it didn't snow. Yeah, it is. It is sad. I mean, every every day that anything happens is a holiday for her. So truck day, pitchers and catchers, first workout, the other workout, first game. <laughs> Basically, they're all holidays. So she'll be here for some holiday. Yep, she'll be here hopefully for opening day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, it's a, it's a weird day because you know they're doing the physicals today. You're getting the first shots. You know, some pitchers were were there a few like a week ago. Like they're never really wait until reporting day to get there um there's positional players there and we were talking about it pre-show too jess you mentioned um you know it, it's hard to really get a feel for okay well one it's still celtic season around here so us as a bot a town are spoiled because you know the patriots just won the super bowl celtics are now in full swing bruins are playing better as they go into their bye week so which is also weird to say but you know the red sox as much as pitches and catches are exciting you know it's not their season yet um and it's really not their season for a lot of people until the Celtics and Bruins are over. Um, but that being said, it's a busy day, and there's a lot of positional players down there as well. Um, but it's just weird that they're all down there so early, considering that their report date is until Friday. Yeah, it always confuses me because we're always we're always getting excited for these particular days. I think this day is this happening, this day is this happening, and you feel like normally in life when things are like scheduled for a day, that's when they happen. But you have the you have the pitchers and catchers reporting today yet we've already been seeing pictures and hearing reports of chris sale and david price and rick porcello and random guys who are already throwing like like you said like a week ago and they don't they're not even reporting until today and then now you have a bunch of players who are who are already there who aren't even supposed to be reporting until the end of the week so it's like <laughs> it's not even like it's not even a schedule which is just weird to me because most things when they're scheduled they actually happen then but that's yeah. not how it works baseball yeah no because if you don't because if you do stick to that schedule like say you're a younger player say you're ben Attendee, for example who's who was named the number one prospect in baseball which is very exciting um say you're ben Attendee, you you show up day of and you don't show up early that looks bad on you you know you almost get scolded That's so for not true. showing up early even though yeah. david ortiz used to show up early uh, like on time all the time obviously because he earned that right but if Ben Attendee showed up on reporting day, as much as he would, wouldn't be scolded by the team, you know, because they would just say, hey, it's reporting day. He was on time. But us as media member people around the team will go, is he really dedicated because he wasn't here early? Well, I remember the same thing happening last year with Sandoval. And obviously, we know what, 
what happened to his season, but yeah. he had, his reporting day wasn't even hadn't even happened yet, and people were already like, "Where's Sandoval? Where's Sandoval? Why isn't he reporting?" Even though it wasn't even his day, but it's the same thing, like you said. Now with the media just all over every single little tiny anything of somebody walking across a field, they're going to be like, "Oh my God, where's Ben Attendee? Where's Ben Attendee? Oh my God, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Oh wait, the day's not hasn't happened yet. Okay." It's just crazy. It's insane. Like, people care way too much. I mean, I get it. It's their job, like, as media, and we do the same thing. But it's like, it doesn't seem like it should be that strict. And, like, you shouldn't, there shouldn't, you know, really, in the grand scheme of things, I hate to just put this under a blanket statement, but everything before April, like, shouldn't matter. <laughs> it, well, it shouldn't, though. You know? Because think like, about it. It's, it's like pre, it's preseason. Like, no one cares about preseason football except for diehards. No one cares about preseason basketball except for us, like, diehards. You know, no one cares. Yep. And this is preseason. And it's, they basically have two months of preseason because opening day is – what's actually opening day? What's the date? Is it the 4th? It's, it's the beginning of April. It's like that week. But think about that. It's still February. They don't play a meaningful game until the first week in April. It's um, April 3rd. Yeah, April 3rd is opening day. So between now and then, most people won't pay attention because, like, we talked about again to Jess, you know, Celtics are still doing well. Um, so it's still, for us anyway, and a lot of people around here, it's, it's Celtics season. It's Bruins season. You know, no one cares about the Red Sox yet. They'll hear, they'll read some articles, they'll read the news, things like that to keep up and, you know, how Pablo's doing, um, how the pitching rotation's doing, how the new shiny toy and Chris Sale's doing. But they won't care. No one's going to care until April. Right. Yeah. And it's like everyone makes so many judgments and decisions, and you really shouldn't before. You know, great example here. Fantastic example. Rick Porcello. Remember ZRA last year in spring training? 977. What did he yeah. do? I think he went Cy Young. You can't put too much stock into it. And everybody still does, even though every year everyone's like, you shouldn't put much stock into this. And then that proves right. And then people still do it the next year, and it's just, I don't know. It's, like I said, I hate the blanket statement of we shouldn't care, but it's so much is not at all what it seems from preseason to season. Oh, it doesn't matter at all. And they always say it, too. Like, half the time the managers say, you know, it doesn't matter. We're, we're here to get our, our looks in, and that's it. You know, we don't. it doesn't matter if we win or lose these games. We're getting people ready and getting their reps. So come opening day, no one gets hurt, and they're ready to play baseball when it matters. That's what spring training is for. Um it's just super long and drawn out, and people obviously I love it. It's exciting that they're there, and it's that means spring is around the corner. I know Lauren mentioned that for Truck Day as well, but it's exciting because now you know we know baseball season is around the corner. So as much as we're watching basketball, us as diehards know baseball season is not far, um, and we're out of we're in the new year, we're in February, and that's exciting. Yeah, it's definitely exciting to think about. It's just it just. I, mean, I hate to be like this this downer over here saying that nothing matters and everything, but it's like I don't. Sounds like me. It, That's it, usually me. Jeff. I know. Well, it's too long. It's just the preseason is too long. I don't know. It's just there's too many pre. There's too many spring training games. Like I know it's nice. Like it's Florida. That it's nice weather. Everyone enjoys it and stuff. But it's just like I don't know. It just goes on too long. But I'll tell you, the nice thing about spring training being so long, we actually have things to talk about. That's true. Um, because you start to hear quotes, you start to see injuries pop up, you start to see all these things. Um, and one thing that we, that I did want to talk about because it was kind of a controversy almost already day one, which is very exciting for me. Um, Stephen Wright is apparently still dealing with his shoulder injury now. Um, Dave Dombrowski and John Farrell both have mixed emotions on this and both have said different things, but uh, supposedly Stephen Wright is still dealing with that shoulder. 
I'm not really concerned about it. Like you said, Jess, it's a long preseason, so he has time to, you know, get his throws in and really rehab the right way to finish out the rehab to get ready for opening day or opening week, really, because uh, he's not going to be the opening day starter. We know that. So I'm not really worried about it, but it's just intriguing to me the team already has two different options, two different opinions on what's going on between Dombrowski and Farrell. Yeah, Dombrowski seems to think the note there's no problem right on schedule, and Farrell saying that it's taken a lot longer for for it to get better. I Two different things. That's for Stephen Wright, and and uh, Dombrowski was saying that Wright and Pomerantz from his stem cell injection in his elbow that that's just as expected too. But yeah, they're not saying the same things. And I don't know. It does. I mean, yes, yeah, there's plenty of time, so in that sense, it shouldn't matter. But in terms of his shoulder injury, that happened at the middle of at the beginning of August. It's been a long time, and it's still it still hurts. Like that's or I don't know if it hurts, but it's like still like discomfort or he still can tell the hurt it no matter what it is any of those that's not good because it's been quite a long time think about all the things you've done since august and this arm still hurts oh i know and i, I think that's that shoulder. It, yeah it's a lot of time and if he isn't ready for opening week i go back to john farrell i mean i still blame john farrell for all of that because one i always do but he you know he's the reason why he got hurt so um at least he's the one probably being a little more honest, knowing saying he's not really, really quite there yet. I'll give him credit for that because he is he's the one not masking it. I think Dombrowski is masking the situation. Um, I'm not going to, again, I won't get on them too much yet, but it is kind of ridiculous that they're not even on the same page. If you're going to lie to us, Jess, and not, I mean, we all know they don't tell the truth all the time. It's what That's how you work the media, but at least be on the same page. Yeah, they should be because if they don't, and that's, that's how I found this was, a, a tweet that oh look Red Sox are already not in communication and they have no idea what what, what is actually the case with their lies, players. Lies, all lies. Red Sox yeah. lie. So people are already all over them on February 13th and like jeez, mm-hmm. it's a long season. Do we have to get on could have, get on them now? But they're giving people reasons to because they're not saying the same thing. So it's like come on. I was gonna say I don't mind not. I mean I don't mind giving them a break, but if they're gonna give me this layup, I'm gonna get on them for it. Um, and one thing, other thing that Farrell said too, and obviously we'll have to wait kind of and see what Stephen Wright's situation is. Again, you said preseason's a long time, so it's kind of hard to judge. You know, is he going to be ready for opening day or opening week? Who knows? It's February 13th. But with that being said, Farrell did say one thing that I don't know if it's 100% true or not, but he did say that Panda Pablo Sandoval is going to have to earn the third base job back. Now, I don't believe that. I believe it is his job to lose um, because your other option is Brock Holt, really, and he hasn't shown that. He can be a reliable everyday player in the same position. I still don't think he is one. I think he's a really good utility player. And I think he can play every day, just in different positions. I don't think he has the mentality to play the same position all the time for the entire season. But that being said, I know they, they believe that this is Pablo Sandoval's job when they traded Travis Shaw. If they really wanted a competition for Pablo Sandoval and they really didn't think it was his job, they would have kept Travis Shaw. Yeah, I agree. They definitely, when they traded Shaw, they were saying, all right, you get another chance, Pablo. And obviously now with the whole slim down Pablo and all the pictures that have come out and how good he looks and all that and everything. But that's kind of what Farrell was talking about. He was saying, yes, pictures are there. He's in good shape. He looks good and everything. But that's only one half of it. The other half is you got to play baseball, play well. That's what he's here for. And obviously we don't know if that's going to happen yet because he hasn't done it yet because for all the reasons we just talked about, they're not even supposed to be there yet. <laughs> so, no, I exactly. So, I, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think it's his job, I do, but also it really shouldn't be because 
he had six at bats last year and missed the whole year. It was terrible the year before, so he's done absolutely nothing to deserve it. So I think he should try too. And even even if it is his job, which it probably is, it's smart for Farrell to say that there's competition because somebody like that who has been so bad and has the tendency to get a little bit lazy, which he's admitted. Sandoval said that I, like, I got lazy and complacent. So from his mouth, somebody who can who is somebody who does that you should keep the fire under them and say like you got to play well to get this job otherwise we're not going to play you so and it already happened to him once shard beat him out last year so yeah and it's it, already like, happened like i'm not sitting here and gonna like marco hernandez or Tyler rutledge aren't gonna get the the gig anywhere anytime soon and there's no one down the minors who are ready yet to take over and compete against pablo zanwall so the second they traded travis shot it, it was it was sell tail time to me um that it, it, it was his job to lose. And I don't think he's going to lose it because he came and did the work. He's slimmed down. You're not going to see any belts break this this spring. And it's just the way it's going to work. He's going to start at their base. He'll sit he'll sit lower in the order. Um, so we don't have to rely on his bat too much considering you have guys higher up who can hit. Um, but he's going to be in, in the lineup at opening day. And he's going to be your third baseman this year. It's just you can – we predicted that a long time ago, Jess, here in the offseason um, earlier before the year turned. It's just the way it is. Yeah. It's. I mean, he signed a big deal here for for five years, and to be the third baseman, and he hasn't done it yet at all. But he's still got time. He's still in his contract. He's changed some things. So since to lose now, he's got to play well. And boys are going to be a lot of pressure on that guy. Oh, there's going to be a ton of pressure <laughs> uh, on that guy. That is for sure. Um, we were talking about kind of how you know they're not on the same page ownership um but all the way down to Dombrowski and Farrell and who knows um what ownership's thinking at this point but with Dombrowski he he did come out and say he's confident in the starting pitching um saying he doesn't know how many clubs are deeper than them which obviously you know with Chris Sale, Porcello and Price in the same rotation you can see why he'd think that plus the bullpen is decently okay right now you're gonna get Carson Smith probably back around the all-star break I know the Red Sox date for Carson Smith right now is June 1st um we'll see I thought it was like more like mid-May oh they said I'm pretty sure I saw something today about June 1st okay um but I'm I'm pretty sure I saw Pete and a bunch of guys basically saying like um wouldn't be surprised if all-star break was when he actually comes back so it's gonna be a while um before we get Carson Smith back so it'll be like a mid-season acquisition that's for sure (laughs) um when when we do get him back but if you don't even include him the bullpen's okay you know they're not gonna be terrible um but with Dombrowski saying he's confident how can you not say you're confident because you just got Chris Sale David Price is good in the regular season and Rick Porcell is coming off a Cyong season so how can you not be confident in a team in that situation right now you can't it's I mean it's hard not to be yeah, obviously it's it's he's gonna say that the team's deep because you have three of the better pitchers in the league, no doubt about it. So I totally agree that that uh it probably still is the deepest club, but there's still a little bit of concern, especially now with them saying that Wright and Pomerantz like are could could possibly be behind schedule and then the whole Erod debacle of, of when he'd be ready and if he's gonna be good or not. So if you're not very confident in your four or five starters then you could be going three and two every week, and that could be better. You could be better than three and two. That's assuming that the other guys win every game. So, um, yes, it's a deep rotation. Yes, I'm confident in it too. But you gotta have you gotta have that insurance in the back end to make sure that you're not going three and two every every time through the rotation. And you have a big question mark. Um, even obviously, we all know Drew Pomerantz is a question mark in itself. It seems like you know he got the help he needed for his elbow this off season, so that could be a, a plus. But 
with Stephen Wright. You know, even if he does come back healthy, Jess, right? There's no question mark what he's going to do, what he did last year. Um, we we know knuckleballers come into their own layer in their career. Wakefield was the same way. But a guy coming off with this kind of injury at his age, would he be able to even come back and do what he did last year? That's a major question mark. And it seems like they're relying on him for that fourth spot. So what if he doesn't do well? Then you're, then you're down two starters. So it, you have a lot of questions despite being deep with the t- with the top three. Yeah, it's concerning. It definitely is. I mean, knuckleballs are hard, hard to rely on. Uh, Pomerantz, we're still not sure if he can pitch in the American League. And Erod, we're still not sure if he can pitch, period. So it's kind of like, it's kind of shaky. And do we want Henry Owens back here, up here making starts? It's the whole problem here. Like, at the beginning of this of the offseason you're like oh there's so much well once you got sale you're like oh i got so many so many pitchers like too many pitchers let's trade buckles blah 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 and now all of a sudden the season is still almost two months away and we're already like oh my god what's gonna happen after the third starter and like it's so predictable this is gonna happen but it, it always happens should have kept buckles Ugh, no you shouldn't have kept buckles i'm still supporting that it's just right that that trade is perfect uh, you're fooling yourself you're fooling I will, yourself Jack. i will and, and he's gonna pitch well he's going to the national league but he no, he's done. His time's over. The money made sense to get off the books with bringing sale, and I'll defend that trade till I die. But look, there, there's no question that there are question marks um, at the end of the rotation, and you know this team is going to have it. And we asked Tyler Celia last week as well, Baseball Central, of like you know who would be the key candidate to have come in halfway through the year because you know they're going to trade for a starter at some point because they're going to have to. Someone's going to get hurt. They're going to want to add an extra arm to push for the playoffs if they're in that situation. Come the trade deadline which they better be with this team um so there's a lot of issues around the starting rotation that maybe you know just could be okay through the trade deadline and then you add you get you add an arm to help you out um i just don't want to see joe kelly come out of the bullpen to start no thank you um i don't want to see any of the guys who are in the minors right now who have tried to come up here and start to to rely on them no thank you it's drew pomerantz eduardo rodriguez or you trade outside the organization those are your options um, for that last spot. You know Stephen Wright's not going anywhere, and I think even if he does have some issues, they're going to keep up with him. So really, it's outside the organization, Drew Pomerantz or Erod. And in that situation, Jess, I'm I'm almost looking outside the organization if I can. Yeah, not a lot of great options at this point. Definitely, you hope that those guys can can put together good seasons, stay healthy, um, and obviously, you don't want to. I mean, from a management perspective, you you're like, well we have these three incredible pitchers. Like, are we really complaining about the four or five spots? Most most teams would die for, like, one or two pitchers that we <laughs> right. have. You know, so it's like you don't want to complain. We're picky. Right. You don't want to complain, but, you know, everyone's going to still question the bottom of the rotation. And it's, you know, it's like you said, it's probably probably be an easier situation to just kind of see how it plays out, see who's healthy, see who pitches well, and then decide at the – trade deadline how your team is and what you should do of course you're listening to uh, red sox beat here first preseason edition which is nice to say just no longer in the offseason pitchers and catchers report today uh, of course our opening segment here has been powered by zip recruiter uh, it's the new year which means a fresh start for your business a great year starts with making great hires but posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates if you want to find the perfect hire you need to post your job on all top job sites and now you can with ZipRecruiter you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017 post your job to 200 plus job sites including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter all with a single click find candidates in any city or industry nationwide just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface no juggling emails or calls on your office quickly screen candidates rate them 
and hire the right person fast. Final today, Wise Up Recruiter has been used over by 1 million businesses. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ziprecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ziprecruiter.com slash sportsfan. One more time, try it again for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash sportsfan. Uh, and of course, our whole show is also brought to you by our good friends at Audible. And so you want to go check out the deal we have with them as well. Both great sponsors. And, uh, of course, you want to check them out here as you turn into the new year. Um, one thing we also want to touch on quickly, um, Red Sox-related as well. Um, Jerry Remy, his cancer is back. He had lung cancer. I know 2009 was kind of a rough season with him. He did call games when he could. Um, said he will. he's determined to call games again this year as well. Um, just kind of sad to have... Um, his cancer come back really you can't really control it obviously and hopefully he fights it as well as he did the last one last situation when it came up yeah sad to wake up to um i this is and it came back again in 2013 it's come back it's come back twice already so this is the third time so at that point you start to get start well you were concerned before but you get even more concerned when it just keeps yeah, going back you're worrying back. when it's a third time and he's at his age and who knows and if he's gonna keep working you know maybe this could turn to like a not as much because it's on a national stage, but you know the Craig Sager situation. He fights, he stays strong. But, you know, unfortunately, you don't know how long this is going to last. So we obviously send our best wishes to him for sure. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's a tough situation. I figured he, he would just be like, all right, I'm done. I'm retired. Like, this has come back too many times. And then I'm the next article I read is like, guess what? He's still going to co- cover games. And I was like, okay, good, good for him. him. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, so, I mean, well, obviously, um, any updates, any written coverage updates as well, well, we'll tweet it out when we hear it too, but um, obviously we send our best wishes. I know Don Arcella tweeted out to him as well. Um, just send your best wishes to the Rebby family. Tweet at him if you have a Twitter. Uh, he'll, he reads a lot of his tweets. I know he's pretty good at responding, so um, just definitely shout out to him, and obviously we wish, our, wish, wish the best from him here at CLNS Radio and Red Sox Beat, of course. Um, before we get out of here, there are a couple things we want to talk about around the league as well. It's not just the Red Sox time of the year. Everyone's reporting. Everyone's getting excited for the baseball season. Um, one thing that struck me as interesting, um, the MLB has proposed another rule change, um, and they're going to test this in the low, low minors. So it would take a long time to get it up to the majors if it even was approved at all, because you have to bargain this into the CBA too. down in the minors. Those players have zero control, so they can do whatever they want, but um, basically the rule change, if you haven't heard it, it's proposing that in extra innings, the team starts with a runner on second base. So you're basically, um, basically speeding up extra innings, I guess is why they do this Jess. but I can't say I hate the idea, but I don't think we're there yet. Cause I don't think it solves the problems that they have. It's not a length of game situation. You're, you have to get to extra innings for this to help anything. I don't want the game to go to extra innings, or if I do, I don't want it to be four hours later. This isn't the biggest problem they have right now. I don't know why they're testing this, of all things. No, I love extra innings, and I think this is ridiculous. I think it's stupid. Why the heck would you... I, I, I knew you what? would. What? What? You're just completely changing the entire game. It's like, all right, extra innings. All right, guy at second for no reason. Like, what the heck is that? I hate it. <laughs> Absolutely hate it. I couldn't hate it more. I hope they try it, and realize that it's a colossal failure and never think about it ever again because it's dumb it's stupid it, extra innings it's, it's not that hard to score in extra innings anyway it's just one run you just get a guy on you bunt and you hit him in it's like yes you have those 19 inning games though and they want to get rid I of lo- them i love those 19 inning games i love staying up till three in the morning watching 19 innings of baseball that's like the greatest but you're one of the few nut jobs out there who do yeah i know but <laughs> i'm sorry like you said extra innings is not 
at all the biggest problem and this is no. just like completely changing like how the game's happening what are we gonna are we gonna start now like first inning all right guys on first and third first batter of the game like what this doesn't even make sense it's so stupid i hate it hate it hate it, hate it. I, I knew you would um yeah no <laughs> I, i'm with you on the timing thing I, obviously i don't think the game's even there yet where they do something like this to get people to watch the game um maybe if 10 years down the line or so you still have you're having issues with you know, attendance or just viewership and you're, the game is struggling, maybe you try to add something like this in, but this is not something we're, we're at yet. Um, I, I'm going to assume they're going to find this is going to be stupid. Um, people might like it in the minors because it feels like a minor league thing to do, you know, along with the bobbleheads and the, the sumo wrestlers in between innings. Like, I feel like this is a minor league thing. So I think that it'll, it'll be weird to see it. Uh, if you have, if you're around a low A game, go check it out, report to us, see what you think about it. But I, I think overall, it's just kind of weird. Um, I think it's stupid. Literally makes no sense. I just, I, yeah, I think they're like, going to do the, it. Put the like, pitch oh, clock what? in the game. Like, implement the pitch clock to the major leagues. Like, worry about your commercials. Worry about your length of game. Stop worrying about extra things when they don't happen that often anyway. Yeah, there's, there's other things that should be fixed. And actually, I just, uh, I just saw something during the show that uh, MLB wants a 30-second time limit for managers to make replay decisions. That I like. So, like, that kind of stuff, that's the good stuff. The things that, you know, replays take for every sport, they take forever. That's that's what you want to look at. Not putting a guy at second base for no reason to start extra innings. That's just stupid. It's a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. Um, so, I, I can't imagine that's going to get too far. I'm intrigued to see what people think about it. Um, we'll obviously keep an eye on it, but I think it's just moronic um, that the league thinks that they're there. And that's, this is where the league is having issues. They can't decide what they need to fix and what they don't. Length of game is the issue. The amount of time it takes to play a baseball game is ridiculous because of time in between innings, pitching changes, um, that sort of thing. Limit the amount of pitching changes per inning. Limit all this stuff. Those kind of things. Stop changing the actual rules of the game right now when you need to worry about rules of the game that can affect pace of play. Uh, And that's where they're at, and that's where they should focus, but clearly the league's not being smart on this one. So we'll obviously keep an eye on that for you. One other thing league-wise before we get out of here, um, there was a trade in baseball, which is very exciting. We love trades, even though it's not the hot corner time of year, hot stove type of year anymore. But uh, the Atlanta Braves did acquire Brandon Phillips uh, from the Reds for Andrew uh, McKeeran. Is that how you say his last name? And Carlos Portuando. Um, Good. I, I like the trade, Jess. I think it's fair both ways, but um, I, I do like seeing Brandon Phillips go to the Braves for sure. It gets him out of Cincy, which is great. I think Atlanta's stocking up. They've made moves this offseason, and this is another one to try to keep them relevant as they go into a new ballpark. Yeah, they really have been making a lot of moves. And Phillips is 35 years old, but he's still a good player. He's had a good career, um, long career. He's been only for 15 years, but yeah. even last oh, wow. year he was still 291. 11 homer 64 RBI he's still a serviceable dude and he's he's good at uh defense obviously he's got four gold gloves in his career so that can definitely help Atlanta it looks like they're trying to get out of the toilet quickly yeah they're, they're trying to put the band-aids together I mean when you trade for um did they trade for Bartolo Colon they just signed him right I think they just signed him yeah they signed him you bring in R.A. Dickey um you're pushing to be better very fast now in two years is this going to help them no it might not even help them this year I still think they're going to be pretty bad but they're trying to put the Band-Aid together, um, and they're, they're trying to make themselves relevant because they've sucked the last few years, and they're just hitting the panic button on their, on their rebuild, and instead of trying to do it the right way, they're now panicking because they have a new ballpark and they need to fill the seats. I think that's the situation here. I think they're panicking um, because they, they, they're concerned about opening a new ballpark with no one in it. Right, because they're getting all these older players. Like Cologne's old, Dickie's old, Phillips is old. They're all yeah, old guys. They're old. And, but they're all still 
they all still can be effective and help the team. So I guess they're hoping mixture of new old guys and um, younger guys hopefully get people interested and be better than they have been because, yeah, they've been garbage the last couple of years. Definitely top, I mean bottom, you know, one, two, three of the league for the last several years. So they want to start winning again, even yeah. if it's the old guys. <laughs> they're, try- they're trying to spark something to sell tickets, even if it's tickets for $2. They just want to sell tickets um, and get people in the stadium, and I think that's the goal, and I think that's why they're bringing these old-timers in, and we'll see how it works over the course of the summer, um, but I'm intrigued to see if maybe they can bring an all-star or two, uh, more than one all-star to the to the game, if that that's a goal there. So we'll see, um, but I'm intrigued to see what that happens. Either way, they're getting a nice new ballpark out of it, <laughs> um, but they got to fill yeah. it. And that's what they're doing. Uh, that's all this is. They're, this is a way to sell tickets. This is trying to put the Band-Aid on quickly um, to figure out how to get people in the new ballpark and in those new shiny seats um, so they don't look completely empty on, the, on their TV games when they actually are allowed to play on TV. Uh, um, a lot happened this week. Unfortunately, Lauren was not here, but hopefully we kept you up as much as possible. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, if you don't want to try to go find us, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, you're going to get the information right away. You're going to get the episode right away, so you'll be able to kind of get there. Um, and as the season's approaching, you're going to want to be up on Red Sox Beat for sure. We'll be here every week talking about it. I'll be complaining about God knows what every week. And, Jess will be trying to defend everything the Red Sox do. So um, don't want to miss it. Obviously, this is an exciting week. Pitchers and catchers are there. Everyone will be there next week. So we're, we're getting into it, folks. And as the snow is coming, uh, we are still talking about baseball. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place here. This has been Red Sox Beat here on Sionis Radio. We'll talk to you next week.